Welcome to Irish Exit Everything. My name is Frank, and everybody thinks they're better than everyone else, myself included. It's a big source of pride, right, being number one at something. Uh, you see it with people, you see it with sports teams especially, um, and even entire cities. Uh, people want everything they're associated with to be the best, because it's their identity. Which brings me to my segment, Frank Ranks, where I rank stuff in order from worst to best based completely on my opinion. Um, today I rank the five major cities in the south that I've been to. I know it's a very specific list, but um, here we go. Coming in at number five, we have Birmingham, Alabama. Um, there's just not a lot going on there. Sorry, Birmingham. Maybe we can revisit this list if you ever get a pro sports team, but that's unlikely. Uh, at number four, we have Memphis, Tennessee. Also doesn't have a lot going on, but at least they have Beale Street, which I get the sense is desperately trying to be like Nashville. Which brings me to number three, Nashville, Tennessee. This is basically party central for country music lovers. Uh, I hate country music, but I love to party, and they party on rooftops, so Nashville has my respect. At number two, we have New Orleans. As cliche as it is, Bourbon Street and the French Quarter really are lit, so they've earned the number two spot. But I would advise staying away from the hand grenade drink, because that shit will give you type 2 diabetes. Uh, and finally, at number one, the best city in the South that I have visited is Atlanta, Georgia. Um, the cool thing about Atlanta is, even if you're a hipster or not a hipster, there's something for everyone, uh, like a big-ass aquarium and museums and shit. So there you have it. And I bet as you were listening to this list, even if you didn't care about the topic that much, you were very interested in hearing what the number one city was. I think Frank Ranks is a good example that everything in life is a competition. It's always us versus them. And it's a strong bond when you can say, yeah, we're number one together. It's just people love winners and hate losers. Sometimes losers are likable, you know, they lose in a cute way, like Bernie Sanders. God, I miss Bernie. He's the most adorable old man, and I'm still feeling the burn. God, I hope he comes back and burns us some more. He's just nothing like the winner of that election who constantly reminds us he's a winner. Nobody likes that, especially losers. So I can understand why people like underdog stories. You know, they want losers to be the expected winners. But as soon as losers win, they're winners by definition. So more people like them. I'd say overall we prefer winners because they win. And that's what America's all about, right? Winning and being better than everyone else. What could possibly go wrong with that mentality? In this country, we're told that capitalism is the best way to run things. Capitalism thrives on competition, right? Competition seems like a good way to run businesses, I guess. They say that's how you get bigger and better products, or at least they tell us they're bigger and better. But if it's a competition, that means there needs to be a winner, and you can't have a winner without losers. That's just how competition works. And usually winners keep winning and losers keep losing. It doesn't seem very fair. And to make matters worse, nowadays, competition has leaked into how we do everything. Businesses, entertainment, appearances, sibling rivalries, battle of the sexes, even fast food drive throughs with two lanes are a competition. You want to be the first person to order that greasy chunk of stuff they want us to think is beef. We give out awards for being the best at everything. Athletes compete for MVP. Actors get Oscars. Singers get Grammys. People with too much time on their hands get Guinness World Records. 
Did you know there's a Guinness World Record for the most lit candles held in the mouth? There's a dude in India who put 36 lit candles in his mouth. Funny thing is, the previous record was 35, and that record was held by the same guy. Did he really need to beat his own record? Is there someone else gunning for this? I doubt it, but that's just the way we are. Always striving to be the best. Or rather, better than everyone else. Do you ever think about where we would be if competition wasn't drilled into our brains? I've thought about when this need for being the best came about, and I don't think there was any way to avoid it. Since the dawn of when living things started to live, it's been about survival of the fittest, right? Natural selection. Only the strong survive, and only the strong get laid and reproduce more strong things. It was only at that time when competition wasn't personal. Animals would be like, well, I didn't get to procreate, but you do, so good luck with ensuring the existence of our species. But that was a long time ago. Humans came around, and we are, for the most part, more intelligent creatures, so you would think that we would have grown out of competition, right? Wrong. We're still animalistic by nature. We're competitive, but to make matters worse, we're also capable of thought, so we do take things personally. And that's where things get messy. You would think people would realize that collaboration is better than competition for survival and commerce and everything else. Remember the barter system? No, it was great. It was all about trading what you have for what you need. No money involved. Say you needed a sheep so you can make a wool cardigan. Well, wait a minute. That guy over there has tons of sheep, and he happens to need a friend because he only hangs out with sheep all day. Looks like you can help each other out. So you make a trade. He gives you one of his sheep, and you have brunch with him once a week and pretend like you like him. Everybody's happy. That seemed to work out pretty well for a while until we started doing something that we still do to this day. We compare ourselves to each other. And social comparison is inherently competitive. You look at someone else and think, Whoa, that person seems to have a lot of stuff. I don't have that much stuff. I want more of that stuff they have. I want to have the most stuff. And don't feel too bad about this. Everybody compares themselves to someone else. And then they want to be better than them. For example, Memphis wants to be better than Nashville. The Cleveland Browns want to be better than any other football team. Trump wants to be better than Obama. Sometimes it's just not possible to be better. Which brings me to my self-help advice. Irish exit the competition. You can't lose if you don't compete. You also can't win, but at least you won't humiliate yourself in front of the whole school when you misspell the word barren in the fourth grade spelling bee. I'm still bitter about it. And that's my whole point. You don't have to suffer a crushing defeat. Just don't compete. The winners are going to keep winning anyway. The rich are going to get richer. The attractive are going to get wrinkly eventually, but they'll be looking good for a while. Life shouldn't be a competition that you win or lose when you compare yourself to others. It shouldn't be us versus them. It should be us and them. But it's not. So screw the competition. Screw being the best. Screw survival of the fittest. Screw comparing yourself to others. Just focus on you and being the best at your own survival. Maybe there's a Guinness World Record for that. Thanks for listening to this absurdity, and those that join me next time are better than those that don't. Irish exit everything. Irish exit everything.